Welcome, everyone. I, uh, I'm glad you're joining us for this special interview. I'm excited to be joined today by Henry DeVries, and I'm going to be introducing him and, and kind of explaining how I met Henry in just a moment. But I just want to welcome everybody to, to this interview today. I know in our current environment, when this is being recorded, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, and social distancing is is everywhere. No one has any clarity, uh, at least not with any concrete understanding of when or how this is exactly going to evolve or or what's in the future. But what I do know is that it's never a bad time to be sharpening your sword, and it's never a bad time to be studying people who have had successes and learning from both their successes and, you know, challenges that they've overcome. And so uh, being someone who works really hard to practice what I preach, I'm, I'm really thrilled to be joined by so many experts on this interview series. And today is no different. So congrats out there to everybody who's listening. I know you'll find a lot of value in the interview today. I met Henry DeVries at a session in Middle Tennessee, close to Nashville here where I live, and he and a colleague were doing a special session on how to grow your business with a book. I'll, I'm not going to steal any of Henry's uh, thunder related to that that type of content, but suffice it to say, that seminar, that presentation, that workshop that I attended, I think I walked away with, well, not I think, I know I walked away with pages and pages of notes um, filled with not just abstract ideas, but specific tactics and strategies that I've already started to implement and and they've worked really, really well. So, um, and here's the, here's the irony of that is I don't even have my first book yet. And so don't tell Henry I said that because he'll, he'll, he'll keep making sure that I, that I get that changed. Um, and I'm working on it, Henry. But um, at any rate, there was tremendous wealth in the presentation that he gave and different ways that I could leverage that content, that information, even without a book. And I know you'll get tremendous value from the interview today. So without any further ado, I've, I've talked enough. I want to introduce my friend, uh, Henry DeVries, who is the CEO of uh, uh, Indie Books International. Henry, thank you for coming on and welcome. Scott, it's so exciting to be here and to talk about marketing with a book and a speech. Absolutely. That's fantastic. You know, Henry, maybe just give a, a highlight, uh, the general overview of who you are, what you do, what Indie Books International is about. And, um, you know, I, I think your origin story is quite fascinating as well. So feel free to to kind of let everybody know um, how you came to be uh, where you are today. Well, thanks for asking. So I'm the CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer at Indie Books International. I work with independent consultants who want to attract high-paying clients by marketing with a book and a speech. I learned through research that the number one marketing tool for a consultant is a book, and the number one marketing strategy is a speech. As a professional speaker, I speak on persuade with a story. Human brains are hardwired for stories, so if you want to persuade somebody to give you cooperation, job prospect, uh, a prospective client, an investor, you, you better have a good story. So in the last 10 years, I have either been a ghostwriter, editor, publisher for more than 300 business books, wow. uh, 12 with my own name on them, and including an international bestseller from McGraw-Hill, How to Close a Deal Like Warren Buffett. 
now in Chinese. <laughs> so I've got that going for me. There you go. And I find people who work with me, they report that they get much more impact and influence. And then on a personal note, I'm a baseball nut. <laughs> I have visited 43 Major League Baseball parks, and I have two to go before I touch them all. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So, I, Mark yeah. LeBlanc, uh, best-selling author Mark LeBlanc, uh, uh, past president of the National Speakers Association, and I, uh, we teamed up as buddies about 10 years ago, and we started doing marketing with a book and speech summits around the country. We've done 100 now. Uh, we, we had been through many. My job at the time was I was the assistant dean for continuing education at the University of California, San Diego. I was mm -hmm. Dean DeVries. <laughs> and six years ago, I walked in to the, to the higher-ups office and said, I love the university. I love what we're doing. I love these consultant authors more, and I need <laughs> to spend the rest of my career helping them get their ideas in print mm -hmm. and shine a spotlight on their ideas. It'll attract clients. It'll give them impact. It'll give them influence. They thought I had, uh, had a mental breakdown. <laughs> they actually made me talk to the head of HR, and uh, I was obviously being quizzed to see if I had had a lapse because I basically had tenure at the university. Mm -hmm. So I was getting a six-figure salary, and they were giving me, you know, at least one day off a week to help consultants with books and all that. And so they had no idea, and they said, "Oh, do you want another leadership position at the university? Is it something else?" Uh, and I said, "No." I was fifty-six at the time we started that. Um, we have over 200 titles out there. I was helping to ghostwrite books on the side mm -hmm. for consultants, and then they were frustrated in getting them published, mm. either getting their deals with publishers or independently publishing them. So Mark LeBlanc and I formed an indie publishing firm that helps consultants smooth the way to get a book that will attract clients and put money in the bank and also give them, as I keep saying, impact and influence. So. That's our origin story. That's fantastic. I, I will remind everybody that Mark LeBlanc was on this interview series as well. So if you didn't catch Mark's interview, be sure to go back and, and check that out. Henry, this is, you know, I think the story is, is fascinating. I think a lot of folks and probably why the other uh, leaders there at the university were, were kind of wondering, you know, if you if you lost your mind a little bit, you know, I think part a lot of people believe that it's really difficult to get traction as a consultant, as a speaker, as an expert, as a thought leader. You were basically saying, I'm going to give up this, you know, by by all uh, other objective criteria this this good job which you did enjoy uh, to go oh, do yeah. some to go do something else that you that you knew would fulfill you even more and and a lot of people would look at that and say well that's just that's too risky I don't even know how I'd get even get any traction uh, doing my own thing and obviously what you and Mark have done at indie books international being able to grow that business substantially being a thought leader an expert and speaker and author yourself, You've clearly had to overcome those challenges about getting business, right? Getting that traction. And you mentioned, you know, a book is the number one tool and a speech is the number one strategy. Can you maybe break that down a little bit more in terms of what can experts do now? What are some action items or, or tactics or strategies that they can implement to help get traction? I mean, especially in today's world, right, with everything we're facing, yeah. uh, things have changed a little bit uh, or <laughs> things have changed a lot. So, yeah, just some insights in terms of, of sure. what 
thought leaders can do to get traction in terms of uh, growing their business? I'm here to shatter the good work myth. <laughs> there's a there's a myth out there, and it's passed around by well-meaning people. Like, do you want more clients? Do good work. Right. Yeah. And you'll be noticed. Like there is some good work Zeus in the clouds who's looking <laughs> at consultants and saying, "Oh, I'm going to reward this one, and I'm going to send <laughs> thunderbolts to that one." It just isn't true. I. When I formed a company 20 years ago, I went and asked people, you know, what do I do? And they said, do good work, and the, the rest will take care of itself. Mm. Like, like, um, feel the dreams, build it, and they will come. Right. It's a great <laughs> movie. It's a lousy strategy. <laughs> so here's what you need to do. If you just are in business and trying to do good work, you're taking a commodity strategy. Mm. I, too, am an HR consultant. I, too, am a management consultant. One lawyer I asked, I said, so what kind of law do you practice? And he said, I practice rent law. Whatever law pays the rent, that's the law I practice. Well, I said, yeah. Okay, <laughs> i got to have some change here. So people who hire us to solve problems have a problem of who do I trust? And they trust someone who provides valuable information in writing and speaking that helps them solve their problems in general. Then they hire those people for the specifics. Let me say that again. Mm -hmm. You are generous in providing information to help people in general, and then they hire you for the specifics. One attorney I tried to help, he was a college buddy, and he was struggling, and I took him into my library and I pulled out eight books and I said, here, read these eight books and do what they said. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, I want to hire the person who knew which eight books to pull out of the library wow, yeah. and have them apply it to my situation. That's your clients too. The book is your best thinking, your best problem solving thinking in general. There is a myth that Oh, well, then I'm going to get discovered because I wrote the book. Books do not promote authors. Mm. Authors promote books. And in the promotion of the book, people want to have conversations with you. And those meaningful conversations about how would you solve their problem is what leads to clients. And I said I wanted to win the Nobel Prize in marketing. <laughs> for my consultant marketing. Now I want to be the patron saint of consultants. <laughs> I love it. Well, I would. Uh, I don't know how that would work, Henry, or how that does work. But if there's a petition or something, I'm mm -hmm. happy. I'm happy to sign that and and spread it around as yeah. well. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for the process. I yeah. don't know the process. Okay. <laughs> you know this this good work myth that you just busted. I. <laughs> Uh, I've been taking notes uh, on just about everything you said, and that is so, so true. And there's also this, this I too am trap, right? I, I too am this, I too am that. Yeah, I'm a marketing consultant too. Right. Well, how many, I mean, I, I so I feel guilty. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable and transparent with, uh, with everybody who's out there listening. I was literally on a call, uh, and maybe you can speak to this and, and how a book or how writing in general, being an author, can can fix what I'm about to describe, right? Could preempt what I'm right. about to describe. So I was on the phone with a, a new client, 
and I'm doing some consulting work with this new client, and that's great. And they came on uh, our virtual Zoom meeting uh, a few days ago, and we were talking about what they were doing and, and some other marketing work, and they have another marketing person that they're working with, and I'm, I'm sort of more of a strategist, business strategist kind of role that I'm playing there. But the reason I'm playing that role is because my the decision maker, my client, the CEO who I'm who I'm working with, did not know that I too was a marketing consultant. And so when he said, we just hired this firm to do this, this, and this related to business development, I'm on the strategy side, we just hired this firm business development. I, <laughs> I said these words, Henry, I said, well, I'm a marketing consultant too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's part of the business that we do. Uh, and, and the reality was he just didn't know that. He didn't have that understanding. I had not done a good enough job demonstrating to him my full scope of value and and I've got to tell you when saying it I felt commoditized right I was like well right. that, that didn't really help me anyway and then so there were two lessons there right one I fell into the commodity trap and two I didn't educate my client from the beginning on all the all the different ways that I can provide value maybe talk about either one of those uh, in, in if you have insight on either one you didn't give that client a copy of your book <laughs> Touche, sir. Yes. Your book that would have laid out your expertise, your strategy, yeah. the different ways you can do that. You know, it's not, I don't mean to push you under the bus, Scott, I like you, but um, <laughs> it's not your prospect's job to know everything you do. Right. And it's not their job to remember you. Yep. It's your job to remind them. Yep. And it's your job to educate them by being generous with information. Um, so at one point, you could have said, oh, I know we're doing business strategy. Um, I wanted to get you a copy of my latest book mm -hmm. or my latest article. Mm -hmm. Now, you never call yourself a thought leader. Okay. You wait till somebody else does it. <laughs> I've been very honored that Forbes.com calls me a thought leader on brand strategy. Nice. And they pay me money. They paid me money for two years to write a weekly column on brand strategy, mm. the different aspects of it. Mm -hmm. So... Getting published, not only in books, but as a regular column. So mm -hmm. you could have sent that prospect, oh, well, let me give you, uh, uh, I want to share one of my columns. Every week on LinkedIn and Facebook, I'm sharing, oh, my latest column on this subject. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. You know, you don't even have to be published in Forbes. You could be published on LinkedIn. Of course, yeah. And share that. So it's just, we need to shine a spotlight on what we're doing and that reflects to these people so that they know i see yep that makes sense you know when it comes to writing a book i know a lot of folks who are listening to this maybe already are are authors of a book uh they may have maybe working on a second or third book but probably a much larger number are aspiring authors right they as independent professionals they understand maybe even the value of having a book, but but maybe speak to that just a little bit. Maybe two aspects, uh, Henry. The value of having a book, and then, you know, I, I think a lot of independent professionals will say, oh, I really need a book. I understand the value of it. And they start to try to figure it out on their own. And I can only imagine the number of pitfalls and mistakes that are possible in terms of trying to to do that yourself. So any guidance that you can share with the folks out there who are thinking about creating their their own book um, and what yeah. the value points are. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's come. 
we have some more myths and misperceptions to cover on that. Mm -hmm. So let's say, let's stipulate, as the lawyers say, I will stipulate that the book is valuable. Mm -hmm. It'll help, it'll give me credibility. It will uh, help with lead generation. It'll help open doors for speaking that only an author will be allowed to speak in that venue. Mm -hmm. So let's say, okay, we got that, but we got to get the book done. So there are three ways to get a book done. One is to hire a ghostwriter. This is somebody who does the heavy lifting for you, writes for you. It's 10 times more expensive than most people need to pay. Mm. The other one, and this is the myth of the rugged individualist, the American <laughs> rugged individualist myth, that I'm going to go off alone in a cabin and not come out till the book is done. <laughs> I call this the misery myth. It's after the Stephen King movie and novel, Misery, <laughs> yeah. on how to get it done. I don't recommend it. Writing is a team sport. Mm. What you need to do is get something called a developmental editor. That's not a copy editor for when the manuscript's done. This is a co-creator who will co-create the outline for the book, the, the title, the subtitle, what are the chapters, what are the stories that they should be, what's working in the book, what's not working. Mm -hmm. So they're giving you qualified feedback every step of the way. They're also like your gym buddy. Ooh, I got to talk to my developmental editor this week. I better get something done. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, oh, well, client work, you know, I got the Bixby account. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it next week. It's like diets. Uh, and I'm, I, this is, I'm, I'm guilty. <laughs> oh, I'll diet tomorrow, next week, next mm -hmm. month. You know, then a year goes by and you go, oh. Gee, I still got, oh, have you heard about the COVID-19? The COVID-19 is the number of pounds we're going to gain <laughs> because of this. Yeah. We're all looking at carbs as the solution, and they're not. Right. Um, the other myth is like the publishing myth. I find there's three ways to get published. Most people think traditional publisher. Henry, you're with McGraw-Hill, you know. Yeah. A traditional publisher, you have to convince them you're going to sell 10,000 copies of a book in a year. Right. Yeah. And, and then they will give the privilege of handling the money for you <laughs> and keeping 85% of what that book makes and giving you 15. Mm. And it's a myth that a publisher does anything to promote your book. They don't. Traditional. Yep. So that leaves indie publishing and self-publishing. I call self-publishing the S word. It's a dirty word because it's like what crazy grandpas do. Don't ever say your book is self-published. At the very least, you should indie publish it yourself. Hmm. Indie publishing is the hybrid between traditional and self. You get experienced people to help you produce the book. You retain the lion's share of all the money the book's going to make. Mm -hmm. and, right. you can, and you retain the intellectual property. With my Warren Buffett book, anything that book makes now... Uh, uh, you know, form rights, movie rights, anything. I get half. That's great. When I can catch McGraw Hill and prove that they have my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I said now in Chinese. What, what's the currency of China? Is it the the won? Something like uh, that. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any wands come from that deal. <laughs> so publishers are not your friend, just like banks are not your friends. If there's any bankers on the line, forgive me. Um, yeah, it only took me two months to get my uh, credit line approved. It only, you know, this paper and that paper, and it only took, you know, six weeks to get my SBA loan approved. Uh, I yeah. get it. 
you know, it's a transaction. They're not your friends. Publishers are not your friends. Mm. Bring the book out indie for the first one. And then I recommend get a traditional publisher later. So you can say, Oh, my Stanford university press book or my McGraw Hill book, Simon Schuster book. Yeah. We help our authors do those deals too. Yeah. I think your starter book is an indie published book. It's faster. You'll make more money and you'll have more impact and influence. That's a really important distinction because I know a lot of the conversations that I've had with clients and colleagues alike is is this question about, well, if I indie publish versus finding a traditional publisher, I'm not going to be taken as seriously. And in my experience, Henry, in terms of I'm an avid reader. If we were on camera right now, you'd see behind me uh, literally a wall of a wall of books, most of which I have read. Uh, I'm guilty of not reading some of them. Yeah. But uh, but the reality is. A lot of these, a lot of these experts and consultants and speakers and so independent professionals, they want that they want that uh, that press label, right? They want that publisher label, and and understandably so. But what I'm hearing you say is that's fine. Everything in its time, right? When you're ready for that, and yeah. when it's really going to suit you and serve you, then go the traditional publishing route. Until yeah. then, go ahead and grow your business. If you want to really grow your business, you can absolutely do that in a very effective way with an indie book. I started with zero LinkedIn contacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Publishers weren't interested in a guy with zero LinkedIn contacts. I have over 10,000 now. Wow, yeah. I occasionally wrote for the well, it started with the San Diego Daily Transcript, 10,000 circulation. I moved up to the San Diego Union Tribune, 300,000 circulation Metro Daily. Um, now I've moved up to Forbes.com, which has a million visitors a day. Yeah. Well, when I was with the San Diego Daily Transcript, traditional publishers not interested in me. Right. Now that I have a platform with Forbes, very interested in me. Mm-hmm. I make more money independently publishing the book than giving it to them. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's all part of the game. But most of your prospects, if the book has quality, if, if an indie publisher has made sure your book doesn't look crappy, that's a technical term in publishing. <laughs> um, so it, it looks professional. It's crisp. It's edited professional. It follows something called the Chicago Manual of Style, the front and the back. It has the right people on the back who've endorsed it it has the right forward on it it looks smells and quacks like a book that'll serve you yep not just saying oh simon and schuster or penguin right yep that's great this is very good and and kind of picking up on that specific point this so an author has an indie book let's make that assumption because you've talked about you've talked about what an aspiring author can do Let's talk about the author who now has the book in hand, maybe for our folks out there who already have a book or they're working on it, and they've got it in hand. Top two or three or however many uh, strategies. Top three. Top three. Go for it. Top three strategies Top for three. leveraging the book. Yeah. I'll go three, two, one. Mm-hmm. Three, get published. So get on LinkedIn, get blogs, get mm. people like me and Forbes.com to write about you. Mm-hmm. You want to pitch me on a Forbes column about you? Uh, that has something to do with brand strategy, marketing, business development, something like that. Henry at I N D I E B O O K S I N T L dot com. Pitch me, but get people to write about your ideas, your advice. Mm-hmm. Two, speak. Get invited to speak. And in today's world, I'm speaking 
I used to speak twice a month. I'm speaking eight times a month now on Zoom and podcasts. Well, yeah. And I'm being invited to this. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. I do two of my own. There's other ones, but those just didn't happen. I networked. I networked to get invited to speak. It's what you have to do. You mine your relationships. The world doesn't discover you even if you're an offer. Number one, small-scale seminars. A minimum of two a month showcasing around your expertise, your book. Uh, I do roundtables. I'm doing a roundtable Friday with 10 CEOs on a topic. I'm recording it, doing things. I'm, I'm with 10 CEOs. I'm doing one next week. Marketing with a book and speech summit has gone virtual. Mm-hmm. It's on Zoominar. Uh, <laughs> I, that's what I call it. I like it. And I, I have up to 25 seats. Mm-hmm. And I take up to 25 people on that. And you do that. Back in the when the future comes, <laughs> in that crazy world where we actually get to travel and meet people, <laughs> get five to ten people in a room. And have it as a problem-solving session for them. That's the number one thing you can do to build your business. Because from that comes meaningful conversations and and no non-selling strategy calls with people to help them solve their problem. The more people you help in general, the more hire you for specifics. The other way I say it is the more generous I am, the luckier I get. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, I love that. And those are fantastic. Uh, thank you for, thank you for sharing those. I love the showcase strategy and, and, and it's, it's affirming Henry to hear that you went from two sessions, two speech speaking opportunities to eight per month as well. And I would assume from a showcase standpoint, from hosting your own Zoominar, you know, that's easier today there's never going to be a substitute for live person-to-person interaction, right? We, we know that. Sure. But in today's, sure. in today's world, it's got to be easier to host a virtual Zoom showcase or seminar than it is even to put it on a live one. And so you could do more of the, even though the quality of the relationship may take a little bit longer because you're not person-to-person, you can do more of them, right? You can have more exposure to more people. I, I think that's fantastic. So that's another thing that I'm putting on my list to get going uh, at a higher level because I'm not doing nearly as many of those as I should. So thank you. Yeah. We're coming up on time, Henry. I want to make sure that everybody who's listening to this can get direct access to you. And you were kind enough to share your email for folks who are maybe interested in, in having you do some uh, writing for them on 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 a Forbes column, uh, which is fantastic. But if someone's interested in learning about Indie Books International, the services you guys provide, because you, you you have A to Z services, right? You can do the whole thing with an author who's starting at zero, but you also have different services and solutions for people along the way. So if, feel free to highlight that, but I definitely want to make sure people know how they can get in touch with you if they want to have a conversation. Thank you, Scott. We help people prepare, publish, promote a client-attracting book. Hmm. So... The preparing can start for as little as $1,000. I have a book blitz program. I also call it how to be an expert in 30 days. So in 30 days, we can get a book direction going, two chapters. We can publish the chapters. We can do a Zoominar on the topic. We can put lots of evidence out there that you're an expert in this area. 
the the publishing uh, we have different publishing options promotion uh, we stay on involved with our books and we help people as book strategists and uh, make connections for them and get them to do different things uh, a free offer a generous offer mm-hmm. if anyone would like a strategy call I call them a book chat if anybody wants a strategy call either myself or my uh, vice president it's non-selling zone uh, we'll talk to you about your goals for a book what assets you have we find a lot of people have hidden assets mm-hmm. uh, what your roadblocks are and how to get around and through and under and over roadblocks and then finally We'll help you get clear on how others have gotten from where you are right now to where you want to go. Again, that's just send an email to Henry at Indy, I-N-D-I-E, books, plural, I-N-T-L, short for international.com. Henry at IndieBooksInternational.com. That's great. Henry, that's very generous, as you mentioned, and, and kind. So thank you for being willing to do that and sharing that with uh, with, with the folks out there. It is time for me to do a book chat, Henry. So you'll be seeing my email come through probably later today. And uh, thank you again, Henry, for joining me, being so generous with your time and your expertise, being willing to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and share with everybody what what you've learned over the years, having published literally hundreds, helping authors publish hundreds of books and obviously being an incredibly prolific author uh, yourself. Uh, Thank you for sharing your thought leadership today. I really appreciate it. Scott, as they say at Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. (laughs) My books are my children. Mm. And like my children, I expect them to take care of me in my old age. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I suspect that uh, for the folks who are listening, you'll have you'll be able to birth some more some more children that can help take care of you there. But uh, at any rate, I hope everybody received tremendous value from the session today. I know that if you were listening and taking notes, you absolutely did. And I would just encourage uh, everybody, if you... Even if you're an existing author, the book chat might not be a bad idea. Uh, you might have another book in you or have another, get some insights that can help you with your existing book as well. And obviously, if you're an aspiring author, then absolutely uh, take Henry up on his generous offer for the book chat and learn more about Indie Books International and the fantastic work they're doing there. I will look forward to uh, being back with another uh, wonderful thought leader who will have some more actionable, practical strategies to help you develop your business, especially in this really weird, chaotic time um, next time. And so for Smart Solutions Media, this is Scott Cantrell wishing you all the best of success. Henry, thank you again. Thank you, Scott. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects, Visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete the short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website, and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high-value clients. Until next time, make sure you are consulting with authority.